0: Hello and welcome to the Corona Chronicles, a podcast documenting the experience of living through the coronavirus pandemic of 2020. I'm Max Lee. Today is Monday, March 16th, and thank you for listening to the first episode of my podcast. Today I'll be talking about the current status and my experience to this point with the pandemic, but first I'd like to discuss the purpose of this podcast. This podcast will serve as a journal or a diary documenting the experience of living through this pandemic. It will not serve necessarily as a super detailed and accurate news account, but it will focus more on the lives and the experiences that myself and the people in my life are going through throughout this. And the reason for this is I believe that this is a monumental moment in American and world history. Um, I really don't think we've seen a situation like this in the way that society operates. It's really the first time that we're trying a lot of these measures with the infrastructure that we have in place. And I think that a lot is going to change because of it. And so this will serve as sort of a documentation and hopefully it's blown over and we can look back at this and and laugh that this was not a big deal and everybody was freaked out about something that, that wasn't that necessary. But I think the more likely outcome is that we'll be able to take this and play it to my kids one day and say, this is why the world is the way that it is right now. Um, And so that's what this will be for. I'm hoping to provide a space for others to share their experiences, provide them an outlet to talk if they would like it. But that's the purpose and that's the goal of this podcast, is to provide a documentation of experiences. Now, the format of the podcast will be Generally, I'll have a guest, so I'll introduce the guest, go over some of the news and updates for the week, and then get into an interview. I don't have a guest today, so I'll be sharing my own experiences, but first we'll talk about the news generally to this point. So the coronavirus started in late December, when officials in Wuhan, China discovered dozens of cases of pneumonia of unknown cause... And a few days later, this was identified as a new virus known as COVID-19, or as the coronavirus. In January, China reported its first death, while the United States and other countries confirmed cases. The World Health Organization declared a public emergency of international importance, while President Donald Trump restricted travel from China. In February, the disease continued to spread with a major uptick in the Hubei province of China. Towards the end of the month, the disease began to spread dramatically in two areas that will be of great importance throughout this situation. Iran and Italy. Italy began to lock down towns and cities while Iran became the country with the most infections other than China. And this brings us to March, the month that we are currently in and where things are now in the United States. And things have really begun to spiral out of control in the month of March. On Wednesday, March 11th, President Trump announced a travel ban to Europe while the NBA announced it would be postponing its season indefinitely. Uh, Schools across the country shut down. The stock market, which had been falling, began to plummet, and the World Health Organization officially classified the situation as a pandemic. Now, since Wednesday, all sports leagues, concerts, and large gatherings have essentially shut down. The CDC announced that they are recommending all gatherings of greater than 50 people be canceled for at least the next two months. And this is really just the beginning. That's a very brief overview of where we are at this point. We don't know how many people have this disease because the testing has been so poor, Um, But we'll get into more of the news with people who experience the news more. This podcast isn't going to be a meticulously detailed account of every step of this pandemic. It's focused much more with how people are experiencing this pandemic and how this is affecting their lives. And for some, that may be a deep and intense digestion of news. And so we can have those conversations and maybe go into greater detail about some of these topics and events that I just mentioned, with the people who that is an important aspect of the experience for them. But because this is focusing more on experiences and I do not have a guest today, I would like to start by sharing my own experience with the coronavirus. My experience really began on Tuesday, March 10th, and that was when this situation started to be real and I started to realize that coronavirus was going to impact many, many lives. And it, it happened because there's a, a healthcare reporter that I trust and read frequently named Aaron Carroll, and he sort of has a reputation for being somebody who tells you not to panic when everybody is panicking. But in this situation, he was saying that it was time to panic, and the reason for the panic is that our our healthcare infrastructure is not designed to handle a situation like this. Hospitals aren't empty. They don't just sit around with empty ICU beds, with unused uh, ventilators. They operate pretty much constantly at capacity because that's how they make money. in in, In the way that our healthcare system works, that's the unfortunate reality. And so if there was a sudden dramatic increase of patients who need ventilators and need ICU beds, there was going to be Serious consequences and serious issues for the people that need those resources. And that's really what we're beginning to see in Italy, where the as far as developed Western countries go, they are experiencing the worst of this pandemic at the current moment. That may change, of course. But the situation in Italy is that there are patients being turned away by doctors who basically think that they're too sick to warrant giving care. They're prioritizing people who need the resources and they believe have best chances of survival. And so they're really choosing who lives and who dies. And it's, it's a very grim situation over there that... You know, we are probably going to see in the United States very soon. We may see that in Seattle. We may see that in New York City. We may see that all over the country. And so it's really, you know, that Tuesday is when the healthcare infrastructure issue really started to grab hold of my mind, and it was really, it was troubling. Um, all of Wednesday, I was going about my day with this information weighing heavily on my mind, and. Felt almost like a shell of a person, where I just couldn't believe that life was continuing with relative normalcy. Um, I went to a baseball game that I work for. I work for the USC baseball team, and so I went about business as usual. But I still just I didn't feel like myself. Um, and working down in the bullpen, there was plenty of downtime to discuss the situation with a lot of the players on the team, and I was kind of ringing the alarm bells, telling them about the things about the healthcare infrastructure but most of them were not taking it seriously yet, as was most of the country. And then the game ends. We go on our phones and we see that really a lot had changed in the in the four hours that we didn't have access to our phones. Rudy Gobert tested positive, the center for the Jazz, so the NBA canceled its season as a result of that. Tom Hanks had tested positive. President Trump announced a travel ban. The NCAA tournament was likely going to be canceled. And That was really, in that very sudden moment, everything had changed. And that was when, I think for most people, is when this became very real and we started to understand that there would be serious consequences on our daily lives. But for me, all of the closures and how serious people began to take it was calming. Every event that got canceled was reassurance that this was being taken seriously, that people did understand that this was a big deal, and so that was that was calming. You know, you don't feel like, one, that you're crazy for being worried, but also that perhaps we can get ahead of this. After the game on Wednesday, I called my mother and basically told her that I intended to come home this weekend, so we finalized those plans on Thursday. And then from there, it was really saying goodbye to my girlfriend. That was the hardest part. You know, I went about my day as normal on Thursday. I was doing a midterm. I was trying to focus on school, but it all seemed pretty futile in the moment because it just seemed so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. And that may be one of the takeaways from all the situation is we we may realize how much of daily life is not necessary, and how much it it may be hurting us, but that's all speculation for the future. My main concern, starting on Thursday, was saying goodbye to my girlfriend Megan. That was a very, very difficult situation, it's completely unexpected. You don't know when the next time you're going to be able to see this person that you love is, and you don't know what the world is going to look like when you see them. Um, so we spent pretty much all of Thursday afternoon and all of Friday together, which was really nice, but still just a very sad and, and scary goodbye. You expect when you live so far apart to not see your significant other for, for some period of time, but you usually know when the next time will be. You have a visit, you have going back to school, but right now there's nobody knows when this will end nobody knows when travel will resume nobody knows really anything about the end game of this all we can do is live day to day so i took my flight back on saturday the airport was surprisingly crowded if you just saw the number of people that were in the terminal you wouldn't think that anything dramatic was happening My plane was about two-thirds full, which is definitely more full than some of the flights I've heard. But I imagine an LA to New York flight is, is always going to be pretty significant. There's always going to be people making that trip. And then from there, my focus really shifted to getting my brother home as soon as possible. Seeing the way that international travel was being handled, where there were lines to get your temperature checked by government agents. That seemed incredibly risky. That seemed like a terrible way to be handling things. And so my, my goal with my brother, who was in San Diego, was basically to get him home before there was any major announcement, because any major announcement would significantly inhibit traveling and make it a lot more risky. So after much fighting with my mother, uh, I was able to get him on a flight home on Monday night. So I will be driving to pick him up at three o'clock in the morning and happy to see him. And now is a waiting game because nobody knows who has the disease. I very well could have it, my brother could be could have it, my parents, my, my grandmother who is traveling tomorrow could get it or could have it. It's a lot of uncertainty with the lack of testing. There's some reassurance in some of the numbers. We estimate that there's about a 3% mortality rate, but that's with extremely limited testing. And so it's probably less than that, but that's still terrifying. And what's also terrifying that we aren't doing that testing because we don't know who has it. We don't know who's spreading it. And so we're in a period of what everybody's calling social distancing, where basically nobody's having any superfluous interactions, um, anything that's deemed unnecessary is being cut out hopefully. I mean there are still plenty and plenty of people who are going to bars and going to restaurants but they're beginning to shut those down and I think that's the only real way to to get any handle on the situation is to just shut everything down. And so I imagine airports may be shut down soon. Uh, My girlfriend Megan who lives in the San Francisco area they're basically on an in-house order that's being enforced by the National Guard so, things are different. All of our lives changed very dramatically in the course of less than a week, and there is no clear end in sight. The press conference today was looking at a time frame of this ending around July and August, and the paradox of it is the longer this drags out, it's probably the better for the health outcomes. They talk about flattening the curve, which is basically not trying to have everybody get sick at once. That obviously ends the situation a lot sooner, but that means a lot more people die as a result. And so the longer this drags out, the better that is for health outcomes and the worse it is for the economy. And so it'll be interesting to see how the officials weigh those two competing interests. But right now it seems like the main focus is on the disease, which of course is the right policy. The, the economy can take care of itself when the virus is contained. Right now, everything needs to be shut down. Um, but that's been my experience so far. Um, I'll be having a guest tomorrow to talk about their experience. And hopefully that will be an interesting conversation. And hopefully this is something that I can continue doing and to have as, a, as an interesting record of an incredibly important moment in American and world history. So thank you very much for listening. This has been the Corona Chronicles, and I will talk to you tomorrow.